This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Going to be a terrific show. Win, place, and show me the money. One of handicapper Joe Christofek's favorite phrases. We will join Joe this morning at the Fairgrounds Racecourse to talk about today's running of the $400,000 Risen Star Stakes, a points earner toward a berth in the Kentucky Derby. There are actually six stakes races at Fairgrounds today, including, of course, Risen Star. Lots to discuss with the happy handicapper. Famed and fabulous jockey Isabel Wentz recently decided it was time for a career change, so she traded in her riding crop for a stethoscope with a hope and dream of becoming a paramedic. She's hard at it right now, training right here in Ontario. Isabel Wentz joins us in moments on Ponies 24-7 with details of her paramedic path so far. Now, here's a fascinating subject worth delving into, the horse racing simulcast market. Woodbine senior manager, simulcast and HPI services, Klaus Ebner, is eager to discuss Woodbine's growing simulcast market, casting a keen eye on the foreign horse racing markets. He's also going to talk dollars and cents when it comes to the foreign handle totals and why they are so important to Woodbine Entertainment. And finally, he's back. My fantastic co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine Mohawk Park and other North American tracks racing today with our Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Chip Racing. It's going to be one heck of a great show. Please get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action. When we come back, Larry Simpson will join us with our new show feature. In case you missed it, Ponies 24-7's recap of the week that was in horse racing news, sponsored by RS Bulk Propane. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government government and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. 
Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Ann Romer. Let me introduce you to my co-host, Larry Simpson, and our In Case You Missed It, a look at the week that was in horse racing news and sponsored by RS Bulk Propane. Well, this is really good news and interesting news, Larry. Mighty Heart is coming out of retirement and going back into training. Yeah, former Queen's Plate winner and uh, champion horse here in uh, in Ontario is uh, back in training. Uh, he hasn't actually... Uh, race since March of 2023 and he had been retired but they've they've brought him back. He's at Turfway Park in uh, Florence, Kentucky in the barn of uh, Jonathan Thomas. Now this uh, this guy made 1.13 million dollars in in his career and he's had one time workout so far so we'll see where where the cards go with him. Got to ask you before we go, is 7 years of age and old for a racehorse? Oh, no, there's horses that uh, have raced at eight, nine, and still win some stakes races and that. So, yeah, providing the horses sound and that, they can uh, they can race, uh, you know, as long as uh, their body tells them to. So Here's to the old-timers. And that's In Case You Missed It, sponsored by RS Belt Propane on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Are you looking for a reliable propane supplier for your home or business? Look no further than RS Bulk Propane, Canadian-owned and family-operated. With our premium propane solutions, you'll experience warmth like never before. We offer competitive prices, automated deliveries, and exceptional customer service. Don't let the cold get the best of you. Stay cozy with RS Bulk Propane. Visit rspropane.com or call us today at 855-225-0225. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7 and our newest feature, Road Trip. Our look at one of the showcase races this weekend and powered by Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice. This week's action takes us south of the border to Louisiana. And Larry, my bags are packed. Well, Road Trip lands at Fairgrounds Race Course in New Orleans, Louisiana, that is home today to the Grade 2 Risen Star Stakes. Named honor, Risen Star, a locally owned son of Secretariat who won this race in 1988 when it was known as the Louisiana Derby Trial Stakes and went on to win the Preakness and Belmont Stakes that season. Considered a major prep for the Grade 1 Louisiana Derby, also at the fairgrounds track on March 23rd, the Risen Star offers 50 Kentucky Derby points to the winner, which will secure a spot in the starting gate for the first Saturday in May. Today sees 12 horses to be loaded into the fairgrounds starting gate and compete for the lion's share of the $400,000 purse at a distance of a mile and one-eighth on the dirt. Number four is the lightly raced Sierra Leone, trained by Chad Brown, and in a brief two-start career, has an impressive maiden win and then a head-turning second-place finish in the Remsen Stakes at Aqueduct in December, where he closed wide to actually take the lead, only to see Dornock come back at the wire to grab a nose victory. Chad Brown outfits Sierra Leone with blinkers today and has worked this guy five times at four furlongs since that Remsen. Sierra Leone should relish the mile and an eighth distance. Tyler Gaffleone takes over in the saddle today. And this 2.3 yearling buy has some pedigree history for the Risen Star, as Sierra Leone is a son of gunrunner, the winner of the 2016 Risen Star Stakes. Number four, Sierra Leone in today's Risen Star Stakes. Thank you, Larry. And that's Road Trip powered by Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice. Pineview Hyundai, combining horses and horsepower. 
the Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred industry for over 35 years. And as a provider of the official vehicle of the NHL, they want to invite you to score some huge deals when you visit their Pineview dealership and view the award-winning Hyundai lineup. Visit either store today, 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan or 180 Delta Park Boulevard in Brampton. For an appointment, call our Vaughan store at 905-851-2851 or Brampton at 905-791-2728 or visit us online at pineviewauto.com or pineviewwest.ca. We are the smart choice. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. A big welcome to Fairgrounds track handicapper Joe Christofek, who joins us for the very first time, but not the last. Welcome to the show, Joe. Yeah, well, it's not like I got anything else going on here. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, thanks for doing this, Joe. And let's let's get right into it. Let's talk uh, about today's card at Fairgrounds and in particular the Rise and Star Stakes. Uh, who do you think that race goes through and why? The local horse that's been dominant so far is Track Phantom, who won the Gunrunner Stakes at the end of last year and backed it up in the Lacombe Stakes four weeks ago. And he's the lukewarm morning line favorite in the Risen Star. But A, this race is tougher. B, this race is run over a longer distance at a mile and an eighth, which is a true test for the three-year-olds this time of year, obviously wanting to advance uh moving forward towards the Kentucky Derby, which is a mile and a quarter. So it kind of gives the trainers an indication as to whether or not their horses are going to want to go further moving forward. It's not only a mile and an eighth race. I do think the track phantom is uh, going to be tough to beat. I think the race might play in his favor. I don't think there's a lot of early speed, which is what his natural weapon is. But uh, my top pick is going to be Sierra Leone for Chad Brown coming in. From New York, he followed the same path a couple of years ago with a horse by the name of Zandon, who ran third in the Risen Star and a very good third, and then came back to later run third in the Kentucky Derby, the race that was won miraculously by the 80-to-1 shot, uh, Rich Strike. And uh, he puts the blinkers on this horse after a late-closing move in the Remsen Stakes over a racetrack that favored speed. He uh, is a $2.3 million yearling purchase. And he looks the part. He just, to me, is the most exciting prospect in the field. Uh, he gets Tyler Gaffleone aboard, the perennial leading rider at Churchill. Checks a lot of boxes for me, and I'm going to give him a slight edge in a, a really, really competitive race. So, Joe, do you tackle this, the Risen Star Stakes, differently when you handicap? Are you going about it differently than other stakes races or just any other race? Well, last year, um, I picked the winner, and it was, a, it was a huge long shot. I think each race and each year kind of is its, its own entity, so to speak, as to how you think the race is going to play out. If you play the races uh, regularly, the first thing you're looking for is value. Um, you're trying to find horses that you think are going to be the odds you want them to be or even higher. Um, but you also have to take the, what the race gives you. I'm not betting a long shot just for the sake of doing so. So you got to kind of find that balance as well. Uh, Sierra Leone's four to one in the morning line track Phantom seven to two. So, you know, I'm not exactly zeroing in on a long shot this year. Like I did last year with angel of empire. It's just a different scenario this year, I think. And usually Joe, the, uh, risen star is a good indication of who's going to be there for the Louisiana Derby and have a good chance of winning that. Right. You know, a lot of trainers since the Louisiana Derby is a grade two race 
and the bluegrass at Keeneland is a grade one race. Some trainers wait to run in the bluegrass at Keeneland because they want to get that grade one, you know, win or placing on their resume. That's the one thing that we fight here at Fairgrounds is we don't have any grade one races. The Risen Star and the Rachel Alexandra are grade two races, but they run earlier in the year. Uh, but then you have a horse like Track Phantom for Steve Asmus, and he ran through the series a couple years ago with a horse by the name of Epicenter, a very similar profile to Track Phantoms, and uh, he wound up running second in the Kentucky Derby to Rich Strike. So the horses that are based here at Fairgrounds, those are the horses that will stay here, and then you'll always get Todd Pletcher and some of the other big-name trainers to send horses here from Florida, New York, and other places. So the Louisiana Derby is always a very good race, but I would venture to say sometimes the Risen Star is just as good, if not better. And let's talk about today. Can you set the table when it comes to today's stakes races, including Risen Star? And I understand, I just did a little check of the weather in New Orleans today. Looks like a bit of rain this afternoon. We were supposed to get rain on the comp day four uh, four weeks ago. I mean, we were supposed to get hit pretty hard, and it didn't rain a drop. So, (laughs) you know, it it doesn't look like if it rains uh, for today's card, that it's going to be anything overly significant. Maybe we'll get some periods of rain here and there, some light rain. I'm hoping, and you can't control Mother Nature, but I'm hoping it doesn't affect uh, the racetrack and doesn't affect the turf course. Hopefully we can keep these turf races on the grass because there's some very good ones. But it's a marathon card. It's 14 races. Starts at noon Central Time, 1 Eastern Time. The last five races make up the all-stakes late pick five, with a $500,000 guaranteed pool. The vast majority of these stakes, I would venture to say all of them, are extremely contentious. There's no standout horses in any of these races, which is what makes them extremely bettable. And uh, if you bet this card and you get you know, some of these races right, you're going to get paid. So it's a super fun card, a super challenging card for the horse player. And uh, if you like horse racing and you like betting on it, this is the kind of day you look forward to. And you sound pumped, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are getting me pumped. I was pumped <laughs> to do it, but you're, you're firing me up. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Well, talk about maybe a couple of the other stakes races in case our listeners are wanting to play the uh, the pick five. Yeah, so the Rachel Alexandra is the sister race to the Risen Star. That's a great two. That's a a feeder in the Kentucky into the Kentucky Oaks, the horse that won last year, pretty mischievous, uh, wound up winning the Kentucky Oaks. And the Rachel Alexandra has been the most successful prep leading into the Kentucky Oaks for probably about the last 25 years. I think it's 10 or 11 horses that exited the Rachel Alexandra amazingly have gone on to win the Kentucky Oaks, whether they won the race, even ran in the race. You know, the field isn't as big as the Risen Star. There's only seven horses on the program, but We've got some potential stars in here, an Alpine Princess, Vivi's Dream, uh, even a horse like Tarifa or Panic. These are all legitimate horses. The horse I like the most, though, is Intricate. Brendan Walsh, a trainer of Pretty Mischievous, who won the Oaks last year. This horse won the Golden Rod at Churchill Downs in November, and Brendan's been pointing to the Rachel Alexander ever since. Uh, she's trained really forwardly in recent weeks. I like the way she's progressed. I like the way she looks visually. And uh, I'll give the edge to Intricate. Again, short field, but there are three or four different ways you can go with confidence in this race. i got to ask you this. How often are you right, Joe? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a great question. So, I mean, in my job, I really think the most important thing, and some people will just bet my picks blindly, 
Um, you're normally between 25 and 30% with your top pick winners, but I also don't pick a lot of favorites. So I could just pick the favorite every race and probably be 30%, but then my return on investment wouldn't be great. So you got to try to find a balance of picking the horse that you think is going to win and also seeking out value at the same time. And I think a big part of my role too, as being the television analyst is not only to talk to the experts and give them uh, information that maybe they don't have, but also talk in a way where people that aren't that familiar with horse racing or are just getting into it can maybe learn something from what I'm saying, or maybe the light bulb goes off mm-hmm. and they hear what I say and then they watch the race and see how it plays out. So I'm trying to give information that can help the better, but I'm also trying to educate at the same time. Let's talk about yourself now. Where did it all begin for you and how did you become so interested in horse racing? Well, as a young kid, I was a huge baseball fan uh, growing up, uh, Chicago Cubs. I used to collect baseball cards, you know, as early as five or six years old. And I was fascinated by the statistics on the back. You know, I grew up just miles away from Sportsman's and Hawthorne, but my parents weren't born with any gamble in them. So I never went to the track and never had any experience with the racetrack growing up. And uh, I remember watching some of the Triple Crown races on TV and in particular, you know, Sunday Silence and Easy Goer and the rivalry they had. And my interest probably began there, but my true level of degeneracy didn't begin until <laughs> I started working at the Sears Tower in downtown Chicago and oh. they opened the first off-track betting parlor right across the street on Jackson Street. And I was always looking for something to do in between classes because I went to school downtown before and after work. And I started going into the OTB, and I started just immersing myself in horse racing. And I remember the the epiphany that I had. I looked up on the TV screen one day, and I saw Tony Kobitz in the paddock at Arlington. He was wearing a suit and a tie, and he was talking about the races and making his picks. And I said to myself, wait a minute, they pay that guy for, <laughs> for doing that job? Right on. And I, I got my foot in the door in the industry and you know had some champions along the way. And, um, you know, just kept improving and honing my skills. And 2015, I was named the uh, television analyst at Churchill Downs, you know, worked the Kentucky Derby and Churchill Downs and some of the other Kentucky tracks the rest of the year. And I guess it begs the question, what do you do in your spare time? Oh, wait, you don't have any. <laughs> Man, very little. And then I started a horse racing partnership. We've got five partnerships with Brilliant Racing. I'm the managing partner of that. We we own horses. I've got about 45 owners in every group. We actually have a horse, uh, two horses running on uh, on today's card of fairgrounds. Johnny's Fireball in the uh, fairground stakes, race 12. And we also have uh, a horse by the name of Diamond Lord making his career debut in race 7. He's a half-brother to White Abario, who won the Breeders' Cup Classic. Now, just because his brother won the Breeders' Cup Classic doesn't mean he's good. You know how the mm. sibling thing goes, but... We're excited to see what he's got out on the track. Is it difficult to handicap one of your own horses? I think it helps me do my job better because then you really get the insight into why horses go in certain races, how horses are prepared for those races, uh, what they are eventually not only born to do, but capable of doing on the racetrack. And sometimes you're pointing for a race and that race doesn't get enough horses and you got to reroute to a different race that maybe you don't want to go into. So I think the experience as an owner and managing horses really helps me understand the day-to-day process of horse racing that much better, uh, which in turn helps me do my job better. 
How would you describe yourself as a handicapper? Are you a angles guy, speed ratings guy, spot plays? Uh, what would you say? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't think I've been asked that one before. So for me, and I mentioned the statistics on the back of baseball cards and being very statistical oriented when I was younger, as I got older, I became more and more creative. I can barely change a light bulb. So (laughs) I'm not mechanical in that way. I'm very creative. And I apply that to my handicapping as well. I, I take a lot of trip notes. I look for track biases. I use the daily racing form uh, formulator software, which allows me to type my notes right into the, uh, into the software and they appear on my past performances. For me, being a horse racing handicapper is being like a scout in any other sport. You're scouting athletes. How do they compare to each other? Who's got heart? Who doesn't have heart? Who's got talent? Who, you know, really doesn't and trying to apply that to the process of, you know, dirt sprinting and turf routing and everything that's involved in it and just taking those 10 or 12 horses and trying to figure out the puzzle. But I would say more so than anything, Larry, I'm a visual handicapper. And I think it's important if you're going to be good at this game. I follow Kentucky racing. I follow fairgrounds racing. I'm not betting some random card from California where I don't know the horses. I got to be confident in what I'm looking at. And I think that's the most important thing to really follow one or two, two circuits and become you know, a quote-unquote expert on those circuits. Well, before we let you go, Joe, quick question for you. There's been a few Kentucky Derby points races up till now. Has there been anybody impress you so far? Or maybe we might see it today in the Risen Star. Yeah, I've done, over the course of many years, a top 10 list uh, for the Kentucky Derby on the Kentucky Derby website. And I go back and look at some of those lists from February's past where I see none of those horses have done anything (laughs) in the Kentucky Derby. So to me, you know, the 50 points to the winner races begin with the Risen Star. If you win the Risen Star, you're going to get into the Kentucky Derby. If you run second, you got a pretty good chance if you've already gotten points. Uh, And I know Kentucky Derby Future Wager Pool is available, uh, four is available this weekend too. I'm still in the process, man. I've seen some horses that I like. But there's a big difference between a mile and a 16th in January and February and a mile and a quarter the first Saturday in May. So I'm looking for continued progress. I would say maybe this time next month I'll have a lot better idea. Mm, well, maybe we should talk then. <laughs> it's been yeah, just reach out to me. Yeah. yeah, we will. And it's been wonderful having you on the show and for the first time and not the last. And here's to a great day of racing today, Joe. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Safe trips to all the uh, horses and jockeys. And, um, you know, hopefully we sprinkle in some long shots with some impressive performances. And looking forward to tomorrow night and having a few adult beverages and sleeping half the day Monday. Well, I'd I'd like to be there and have a couple beverages with you, Joe. But thanks for doing this. And we're going to have to have you back on real soon. All right, thanks. I really enjoyed it and appreciate it. And uh, enjoy the races and good luck, everybody. And you as well. Thank you, Joe. When we come back, jockey-turned-paramedic Isabel Wentz joins us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. 
Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. From winning jockey to paramedic in training, welcome to Ponies 24-7, Isabel Wentz. Good to have you with us, and I understand that you're, you're right in the middle of training at this point to be a paramedic. Congratulations. Thank you. I read it was hard for you to decide to retire from riding, but you had your share of riding accidents, but yet you were hesitant yes. to retire. Why? Sometimes you have to kind of realize that it's great to live out your dreams, but there's also a time to be realistic in life, too. Mm. And so it's kind of hard to, you know, give that up and let that part of me go. But we all have to kind of move on, I guess, at some point. And, you know, it's interesting. You talk about riding accidents, and Larry brought that up, but there were also riding successes. How would you encapsulate your career as a jockey? What, what was it like for you? I mean, I didn't have, like, the most illustrious career, but I did have a lot of, like, really great moments. I worked hard for a lot of, like, every opportunity that I got. A lot of the horses that I had success with were horses that I was getting on in the mornings or for trainers that I was getting on a lot of horses for. Most of my success just came from, like, a lot of hard work and just dedication and just have um, having, you know, those few people that really believed on, in me and kind of just gave me a shot. I was never one to get, you know, the best horses or anything like that. So I just I always tried to make the most with what I got, every opportunity I got, regardless of what the form said or who the trainer was. I, I always did my best to, to um, you know, give my best on every horse and give them that respect, too, because I think a lot of people write certain horses off yeah. um, immediately yeah. when they look at their form. But I, you know, the underdogs can do it, too. I agree <laughs> with you. Yeah. <laughs> Larry and I feel that way about life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about your future career now, a paramedic. Mm-hmm. I'm going to an, an article that uh, our friend of the show, Chris Lohman, did, and, and you were, yes. you're at uh, Oxford College in Burlington now, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. you were, uh, it was your turn to speak in, a, uh, uh, in the classroom about what yeah. led them to the, come to the paramedic program. And I'm mm-hmm. going to quote you here. You said, I had to introduce myself, and the question came up, what did you do before this? I told them I was a jockey and that I had spent a lot of time in the back of an ambulance <laughs> as a patient. So now I'm ready to make the transition to be the one to help people. <laughs> you know, that, yep. was, that, that, that was great. But, you know, talk about, you know, where you're at now and talk about mm-hmm. the program. Okay, so it's a very intense program. 
which I'm kind of glad that I went through the racetrack life before I came here because it kind of, I think it sort of made me a tougher individual because I don't think that the me from like 12 years ago could have done this, honestly, because it is like, even there's a lot of times, like I'm only, this is like week four and it's like very intense. Like every day you learn something new and you better go home and learn it and know that you know, like know what you're learning because the next day when you come in, you're getting a whole other a plethora of information that you're also going to have to go learn. So you're doing that five days a week from, I'm in class from 8.30 to 5 every day. And then I usually go home and I'm studying all evening. Yeah, I go to the gym in the mornings because I like to get my workout in at 4 o'clock in the morning before I go to class because by the time school's over, I'm so overwhelmed with information and just also trying to study as well. So I'm just like... It's overwhelming. It's a lot. It's a very intense program. It's three semesters in school, and then your fourth semester is like your ride out, but you have to make it there first. They tell you, you know, like it's a lot. You better be ready. But like, I don't think anything can prepare you except for being in it. Yep. And like, there's a lot of days where I leave here and I'm just like, oh my God, like, can I do this? But I know, I know I can. It's just that we all feel that way. Like, I've already made a, a good group of friends and stuff, and we all kind of help each other out. But everything in your life has been challenging, and you've risen to the challenge each and every time. So just for the sake of of we civilians listening right now, can you describe some of the courses? Monday morning is communications and then human behaviors in crisis. Then in the afternoon, we have anatomy and physiology. Tuesdays is general education. And then in the afternoons, we are in pathophysiology. Wednesdays, patient care theory. Thursdays, we're in labs all day. And lab is basically just us teaching, like, the practical stuff. So we are learning how to assess our environment, how do you introduce yourself to our patient, how to deal with our patient. So we're practicing on mannequins, and um, we do what we call what we call scenarios. And so we have a teacher, we come in the, we go in the hallway with our partner, we come in with a stretcher We say, oh, you're coming in, lights and sirens, you have a 20-year-old female who slipped and fell, and you come in and you have a classmate who's laying on the ground, and it's your job to help figure out the problem and get them loaded up on the stretcher. And they do a very good job of making sure that their students are very well educated and ready for when they leave here. I think it, it should be uh, known, too, that you actually were on the wait list for the paramedic program in, in Saskatchewan, correct? And, yes. yes. And it, you, it was still going to be, what, another another year or so before you could get accepted. So that's how you ended up in Ontario again, right? never really left Ontario. Like I, I had stayed in the horses. I was like struggling a lot mentally um, at the track, just being there. It was just kind of weighing on me because I don't, you know, my career isn't what I wanted it to be. And it's just like, you almost feel like a loser a little bit. Of, a lot of the time, if you're not, you know, winning races all the time, even though at the end of the day, it's all dependent on what kind of opportunities you're getting. It's really disheartening to go every day of the week. You could ask anybody back there, um, you know, like putting my heart and soul into a lot of things. And just because of the politics and how things work back there, it doesn't necessarily mean that those people are always getting all the opportunities, unfortunately. Because, you know, these owners are they're spending all the money in the world. Like, these horses are expensive, and I understand, you know, they want the best, and that's totally fair. But then the people like myself, you know, the, the ones that have to grind it out all the time, it does take a toll on you after a while I needed to do something because I felt stuck there almost I always took my sign of getting into school as my sign to leave the track and because I hadn't I had to wait in Saskatchewan for so long I'm like you know what maybe it's not my time yep 
And then my friend Chelsea, she's in second semester right now. Her boyfriend is Nigel Burke. He's a trainer. Mm-hmm. And she, she does the Southern Bell Thoroughbred stuff. Anyways, she's in the program here. And so I had seen her post about it. And that's what made me reach out here and try to apply. And the universe was opening itself up to you on, on that front. And yeah. So, so I, got, I have to ask yes. you this. So when you're finished and you will finish and you're going to be fantastic and it's going to be the best career change that you've ever made and you're <laughs> going to be brilliant. Yes. What's, Thank you. What's it going to be like for you the very first time you have to attend a riding accident, whether it's at Woodbine or, or, or on a farm? What's that going to be like for you? I feel like I'd probably be like sort of in my element there because I feel like, I mean, I've been in that situation, so I know um, I could empathize with that person. You know, being in that position before kind of solidified my want or need to help people in that in their time of need. I'm not really sure how I feel about it, to be honest with you. I, I feel like I would, I would know what to do and how to help, but um, I'm sure there would be obviously some, uh, a lot of emotion there as well, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you also came from a healthcare family, didn't you? Talk about that. So my dad is actually a, he was a pediatric intensive care nurse, and he also um, did pediatric air transport as well. My sister is going into nursing, and my younger brother, he was working security at the hospital. He's actually a corrections officer now. But I've always had it in the back of my mind that I wanted to be a paramedic, like way before I thought about being a jockey, just because, like I said, I watched my dad growing up work at the hospital and I used to go visit him at work sometimes and I would see the paramedics and I just always thought they were just the coolest and that's more my scene because I am kind of an adrenaline junkie my dad doesn't really understand the parent like he's like oh like why wouldn't you want to go be a nurse and I'm like well I want to be like in the thick of things that's my more so my personality yeah you know, it's interesting as we listen to you and we get to know you, Larry and I are both just astonished at your determination. Where did that come from in you? You are determined to do everything and anything. Probably both my parents, obviously, but when I was born, I was born premature. Um, I was also born with six toes on each foot. And so that like combination of things put me in a predisposition for all sorts of, you know, mental illnesses or physical disabilities. And they told my parents that I, I probably wasn't going to survive because I was so little. And if I did, they said that I was going to have, you know, maybe learning disabilities or I would have physical disabilities. And so I overcame that. And then I had multiple uh, surgeries when I was younger to remove the extra digits on my toes. But that was a whole process. I had to go to Montreal for that. And, um, that stubbornness, I think, comes mostly from my mother because she just wasn't taking, she wasn't going to allow anything that I was going through make me feel like I couldn't do things in life. So even though I didn't have the feet for ballet or the body type, she put me in ballet because that was going to give me the structure that I needed. So I did ballet for 14 years and, wow. and things like that. Like my parents just never really let me, they never treated me any differently. Like it was always just, I don't know. We just always kind of overcame it. My mother's a very stubborn person. <laughs> she's French, so that could be it. And I think I definitely get that from her. She's um, she's owns her own business, and um, she started from nothing and made it herself. And and came from Montreal to Saskatchewan, and not knowing a lick of English, and and became a successful business owner there. So like that's just I think it comes from my family. Like I think we're not quitters. So I guess it's safe to say before we let you go, Isabel, is the word determination is in your vocabulary, not only, you know, from your family upbringing, not only as a race rider, but I'm, I'm sure 
going forward as a paramedic. Uh, you're going to be determined in, in that field as well, correct? Yes, that's my plan. <laughs> I got to get through school. Like I said, it's very intense, and there's a lot of days where I'm like, oh, but I know I can do it. And um, when I when I do accomplish it, I know I'll feel very good about myself. So it's motivating. Well, you are motivating us. I've got to tell you, this has been an extraordinary <laughs> time spent with you. You are a remarkable human being. You'd let nothing stand in your way. And we are so influenced by that and, and excited about life going forward for you. And, and boy, you got a lot of work ahead of you, as do the others in the paramedic course. But you're going to do it, Isabel. You're going to do it. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on Ponies 24-7. Thanks, Isabel. Thanks so much having me, guys. After the break, when we come back, Woodbine's Klaus Ebner joins us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Are you looking for a reliable propane supplier for your home or business? Look no further than RS Bulk Propane, Canadian-owned and family-operated. With our premium propane solutions, you'll experience warmth like never before. We offer competitive prices, automated deliveries, and exceptional customer service. Don't let the cold get the best of you. Stay cozy with RS Bulk Propane. Visit rspropane.com or call us today at 855-225-0225. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. What a pleasure to welcome back to the show, Klaus Ebner. He is Woodbine Senior Manager Simulcast and HPI Services, and he's going to educate us on all things Woodbine Simulcast market, and in particular, the growth of the foreign wagering market. Klaus, you've got your work cut out for you. We are all ears. Welcome (laughs) to Ponies 24-7. Thanks for having me. Well, I think uh, we should start uh, with uh, you kind of uh, introducing your your role. What's your role with uh, with Woodbine? We've got a lot of new listeners on since you were last on here a couple of years ago. So talk about uh, your role with Woodbine. Sure. Uh, so my current role within Woodbine is really, you know, if I want to dumb it down, just make it easier for the listeners. It's really about buying and selling content for Woodbine. So that really means bringing in all the all of the racing we have available, all the tracks from around the world, negotiating contracts, and then also making sure that, you know, where possible, those tracks can also wager on all of the great racing we have in Ontario. So where does the simulcast part come into play? Well, simulcast itself is really just customers viewing the signal and then placing a wager. So that's what traditionally a simulcast is. So you're simulcasting a race for another jurisdiction, and, you know, in the current day of technology, you know, that's been being done through HPI Bet or at the brick-and-mortar locations when you're at the racetrack or at an OTB. And again, for our many new listeners, uh, they probably hear the term foreign handle, right? Uh, what is, what constitutes foreign handle? 
The foreign handle would pretty much be anything outside of Canada. So when we have that, uh, that will include you know our partners down in the U.S. And then you know, if if we have deals with anyone around the world, it would be pretty much anyone wagering paramutually. So again, that's wagering into our pools at Woodbine or you know whatever track we have in Ontario. So wagering into those pools would constitute foreign wagering. And when we last spoke with you, I wasn't on the show at that point, but but Larry certainly was here, and he reminded me of the fact that, in, for instance, in 2021, Woodbine had just completed a record handle numbers of over $420 million of foreign handle. So what did 2022 look like? What did 2023 look like? How does that compare to 2021? Certainly. So we certainly had our challenges in regards to number of races. You know, weather takes a, a, a major role in terms of how many cards you can offer. You know, in terms of the thoroughbred side, we try to offer our, you know, standard 133 days of racing at thorough, for Woodbine Thoroughbred. But, as we know, there's, you know, lots of mitigating circumstances, whether it be weather or anything else. So, you know, in 2021, as you mentioned, we had $420 million. Uh, that jumped to a record high of $550 million in 2022. And then this past year, we saw a little bit of a downturn in terms of $512 million. So, certainly, you know, things are, are trending in the right direction for us. Uh, and we, we're also very proud of that number in terms of wagering from foreign markets into our pools. And that's something we continue to, to strive towards growing that business. So if you had to put a number on it, uh, Klaus, uh, how many foreign racetracks are, are you taking the signals from throughout uh, the year? Well, in terms of us betting on other tracks around the world, we're, we have over, you know, I'd say over two, 150 tracks mm-hmm. right now in terms of that tracks that we're wagering on. And I think the main reason for that is that we really want to make sure we have content for our players throughout the day. So that'll be in the early morning, we'll have racing from the UK, from France, from Sweden. That'll kind of, you know, uh, progress into our typical day of racing here in North America, including Woodbine and Mohawk in the evening. And then from the evening, you'll have your racing from typically Asia and, and locales around the world, such as Japan, Korea, Australia, and the, and the like. So it's 24 hours a day. <laughs> Almost 24 hours, yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's, you know, we, we're working towards that end, but yep. it's it's really a challenge just because, as we all know, it, our customers have to sleep at some time. <laughs> uh, Do they? But, uh, <laughs> no, you know, some, some of them may disagree with that. Um, but, but at the end of the day, it, it's really us trying to make sure we have as much content available uh, for all of our players. And with that in mind, are you constantly looking for new foreign markets? Certainly, certainly. And, and the, the most important thing for us is really just offering the best the world has to offer. So, you know, if that means a new locale that's, that's popping up in a jurisdiction that traditionally didn't have a strong following, that's certainly something we can look at. And I think the main thing we try to do is work with jurisdictions that will not only allow us to build on their content, but also allow their players to have access to our great racing that we have here at Woodbine, as well as our Ontario racing tracks. Right on. So is there any scoops uh, that you can tell us about? Is, is there anything that Woodbine is currently looking to add? So... In terms of new content, we've just added racing from France. This was a, uh, I guess I'd say almost a lifelong project, if you want to call it that. Uh, Racing from France took us about 10 years to get uh, finalized and finished, so we finally put that through last month. Uh, So we're we're offering all of the the trotting racing, which they have some world-class trotting racing in France. They have jump racing, and they also have uh, flat racing or, you know, thoroughbreds there, and that, that really culminates with their big marquee race, which is probably one of the best in the world, and that's the pretty large to trio. So that's kind of the feather in our cap that we just had, and we just added in uh, for our players, and then you'll see that usually in the early mornings until mid-afternoon. 
And the, the big thing, I guess, with France is that also we're also working with deals to allow them to wager on our racing this year. So, you know, the idea would be for them to wager on the Woodbine Mile card as well as the Canadian International card, and then working with them on the harness side to hopefully offer some of our premier harness races. So why did it take so long? Like you say, it was 10 years. Uh, why did it take so long? Well, the main thing that we, we, had, we had a problem with was, was how France structured their pools. So we in Canada can only take out a maximum of 35% takeout. But what happened with the, the, the French pools, for us wagering to those pools, was that they would have pools that were over 35%, and they would also have pools that would have a standard takeout, and then also add in an additional takeout, which is almost like a luxury tax, if you want to call it that. That just doesn't work with our regulatory body, the CPMA. So they finally removed all of those sort of weird pools, if you want to call it that. Um, they're all at levels we can actually accept. Uh, we passed all the testing for CPMA. So, again, it just was a lengthy process that you know we, we had to work with the, with the PMU on. And now we have that all done, we're happy to have them. And are the different exchange rates, is that a challenge? Well, exchange rates are handled by the toad end. So, traditionally, there's, there's no issue per se for us handling anything that's a foreign currency around the world. So, you know, we, we've been into numerous pools around the world. So, that means our... You know, the, the tote system itself at Woodbine, we use Amtote. They'll, they'll transact and exchange Canadian dollars into, you know, we'll have U.S. dollars, they'll have South African Rand, they'll have U.S. dollars, uh, Euros, they'll have um, Australian dollars as well. So there's a whole range of, of currency that there's, they, they certainly have no problem changing into and then sending into the host pools. So uh, the Woodbine bettors, uh, the betting process for them would be the- I guess the same. They can use their HPI bet or their Dark Horse app to to play places like France. Is that correct? Right. Yeah. And and not only do we have our traditional HPI bet and Dark Horse apps, we also have you know the good old brick and mortar locations. Right. And, you know, customers going to the OTB using cash mm-hmm. or cash cards at those locations. So certainly, yeah. There's there's many options for people to use. Uh, you know, whether it be an app or, or, or visit one of our locations. Klaus, just a few moments ago, you mentioned the harness racing side of things. So where is that at in terms of, of foreign wagering? Sure. So it's a little bit different and in terms of the, the demands. So for the most part, internationally, wagering will, will lean heavily more towards the, the thoroughbred side. So if you look at the kind of global landscape, really harness is only strong here in North America, there's part, parts of Scandinavia where harness racing is very strong, as as in France, uh, Spain, Italy, a few of the locations as well. So it's almost like a very niche product, if you want to call it that, in, in the world. So, you know, certainly, you know, we try to work with those partners to offer foreign harness racing here. And then hopefully in the future, have a lot more of these foreign partners waiting into our pool demand. You seem to have quite an interest in, in foreign racing. Uh, where did that race, uh, that interest come from? For me, it just started at a young age. Yeah. So just almost like an insatiable hunger that I had for racing. You know, I was obviously a big fan of racing at, at Woodbine. I grew up five minutes away from the racetrack, so that was kind of like my second home as a youngster. <laughs> and then I, I just loved the sport so much that I just tried to, you know, ingest as much as I could growing up. So that became, you know, as, as the video game world kind of developed, I would play horse racing games from, from Japan in Japanese because I, I loved the game so much. <laughs> And then as the internet progressed, you you know, you learn more about foreign and jurisdictions and their racing. So 
yeah, it, for me, it's always been a passion, and it's it's great that I can actually work at my passion. Have you ever been able to visit these tracks that you are are so fond of? Certainly, yeah, and it's uh, I have sort of like a bucket list, so. <laughs> Certainly, having uh, a job that allows me to have partner partnerships with people around the world uh, certainly helps satiate that that hunger. And where have you been? Wow. Okay. So uh, <laughs> I've been to Hong Kong. I've been to Japan. I've been to most locations in the U.S. I've been to France, Sweden. Um, yeah, there's there's still a few I have to knock off the bucket list, though. And which track or tracks knocked your socks off? For me, the biggest one was Tokyo Racecourse in Japan. Mm. Uh, seeing 150,000 people at a racecourse uh, and have it flow as well as it did, as well as the facilities they had there, it, it was almost like going to a you know a Yorkdale, if you will, <laughs> a high-end shopping center that is really you know focused on horse racing as opposed to shopping. But it's just amazing, amazing. Well, handicappers like myself, uh, you know, we're used to like reading a daily racing form or a standard bread program or that, the the foreign race tracks, there really isn't a, a daily racing form for uh, people to look at, at the horse's form, correct? That's part of the challenge we have. Yeah, so what do they do? Is, 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 is certainly for us is working with our partners around the world to formulate their data to really, you know, be, be, be aligned with what our players in North America are used to. So traditionally, you know, Larry, if you look at players in the UK or, or, or Ireland, their PPs will be very different, as you mentioned, with just, you know, a single line saying, okay, the horse finished eighth, ninth, fifth, fourth, or a line to say they're, they're off. Mm-hmm. But here, as you mentioned, North America, we're used to form lines. So, you know, we'll have four or five race calls, we'll have buyer speed figures, we'll have a whole bunch of other data that's just not available from those uh, outlets in the, in, you know, various jurisdictions. So... What we're doing more and more is working with third-party companies uh, and, and, and those partners themselves to say, listen, we want to take your racing. We want to offer your racing to our players here in North America, but we need you to help us out. So help us formulate your data more to align to what our players are used to seeing in terms of PPs. And I think we've done that. Uh, we're getting there, and, and certainly it's a work in progress. But I think at the end of the day, having you know the information there in a format that our players are used to will certainly help grow the handle for our players on their racing. So, Klaus, technology is moving at such a rapid pace. What are you looking at in the future that's going to make your job even more successful? I think really for me is really just looking at the, the distribution side, so how we can get a signal over to another partner or vice versa. So for, for me, it's it's all about, you know, we just mentioned the data side. That's also very important. So, you know, if we have one sort of repository where all all tracks around the world can share data, if you will, or just, again, making it easier for a player in, we'll say, you know, Japan to go ahead and wager on the races from Woodbine and have all the data that they need in order to place a wager efficiently and effectively. So for me, it's really just the, the distribution, the ease of distribution. Again, technology is helping that with, you know, the, the use of non-traditional it will say satellite sort of distribution and using more of a computer or IP distribution for signals. Uh, and these are all things that, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of focused on now to improving that our distribution network we have. Well, before we let you go, uh, Klaus, I want to just ask you one question about on your X or Twitter account recently, you mentioned a horse by the name of Equinox who was voted Longines World's Best Racehorse of 2023. Talk about him and what is this, this uh, award that uh, he won? 
So this is an award generated by Longines, as you mentioned, the watch company. So mm-hmm. they have agreements with many jurisdictions around the world. And Equinox's performance really came from last year. It's really more his body of work, in my opinion, but really the effort he put in at the Dubai Shima Classic last year. He destroyed a, a, a very talented group of uh, older turf horses. And the things that Equinox did on the, on the race course is really akin. And again, I'm not going to say, you know, he's in the secretary of breath. You know, others may argue that. But really, in terms of the modern-day age of just a very dominant turf horse, uh, Equinox was that. So he, he put in a, a world record time in, in terms of mile-and-a-quarter race he ran in Japan when he returned to Japan and then won the Japan Cup as well. It's just, he, he went from strength to strength. He, he, he dominated most of the world's best when he ran against them. And, and to me, I think he's one of the, the best horses, we'll say, in the past 10 years at least. Klaus Ebner, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today, and I hope that you'll join us again. Fascinating, and we look forward to hearing what's next for you, but also where you're going to be visiting in the future <laughs> in terms of foreign <laughs> race courses. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, guys. I'll make sure I take some pictures for you. Well, okay, good. Perfect. That or you could take me with you. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be your carry-on luggage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll put that on the budget, Larry. Don't worry. All righty. <laughs> thanks. I thought you were going to say on your bucket list. But yeah. no. <laughs> Klaus, thank you so thanks. much. <laughs> thanks, guys. Have a great day. You too. After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine Mohawk Park and some racing at other North American tracks. So please make sure your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime. Stay with us for Lucky Larry's Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to OntarioRacing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering platform and the Dark Horse app. The best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market, and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Pineview Hyundai, combining horses and horsepower. The Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred industry for over 35 years and as a provider of the official vehicle of the NHL. They want to invite you to score some huge deals when you visit their Pineview dealership and view the award-winning Hyundai lineup. Visit either store today, 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan or 180 Delta Park Boulevard in Brampton. For an appointment, call our Vaughn store at 905-851-2851 or Brampton at 905-791-2728. Or visit us online at pineviewauto.com or pineviewwest.ca. We are the smart choice. This is 105.9 The Region. 
Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Before we wrap up our show, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems as Lucky Larry gives us his Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. And we're looking at just a few races today. We are, and we're going to start at Gulfstream. They have a 12-race card today, and race six is a maiden optional $50,000 claimer, five furlongs on the tapita surface for a purse of $50,000. Eleven horses are set to go, including number six, Sniper Jack, who hails from the barn, a friend of the show, Katerina Vasileva, and makes the all-important second time off the layoff. And I saw, and I say all-important because Katerina is 36% and a high return on investment of $3.17, with horses making the second start off a layoff of 45 to 180 days. Sniper Jack exits the best last race buyer in what has turned out to be a key race, where the fourth and the seventh place finishers buyered 69 and 68 in their next start and won their next Gulfstream start. Uh, another friend of the show, jockey Javier Castellano, is back in the saddle today, and Sniper Jack meets a field today with seven first-time starters, and I believe the fact that this will be his sixth lifetime start could be a big benefit. So Gulfstream Park, race six, number six, Sniper Jack. Santa Anita has a nine-race card today, and race nine is one mile on the turf, it's a maiden 50000 claimer for uh, maidens four- and five-year-olds, purse of $37,000. Full field of 11 are set to go, including number two, Ghost Coast, who was favored in his last start on December 29th in the same class as today. And in that last race, Ghost Coast was made a premature move, which I believe cost this guy the race. He was next to last early, made this early wide move, and then flattened out. He cuts back in distance today, which should help the cause, and trainer Jeff Mullins has worked this guy five times since that last start, including three consecutive five furlong works, and two of them are back-to-back. I like the fact that Ghost Coast has taken money in his last three starts, and he looks to atone for that beaten favorite misfire last start. So Santa Anita, race nine, number two, Ghost Coast. Woodbine Mohawk Park has an 11 race card, and the way that the industry has changed, where we have gone the route of professional drivers and less trainer driver scenarios, I always like to follow the movement of the drivers, like they have come off one horse to drive another, or maybe they have been listed on the overnight sheet on a couple of horses and would have to make a choice on who they are going to drive. And this scenario is present in race three tonight at Woodbine Mohawk Park. Friend of the show, Tyler Borth, was listed on three horses when the overnights came out and selected number two, Logan Behold, over the six horse and the nine. Logan Behold is a lightly raced three-year-old that has won five out of his six lifetime starts, winning four races in a row at Charlottetown earlier in the year. Last week with Tyler in the bike, Logan Behold won quite handily in a class just slightly lower than tonight's. He looks to have a lot of potential going forward and is one to follow. So Woodbine Mohawk Park, race three, number two, Logan Behold. Thank you, Larry. Fantastic, as always. See you next Saturday. 
And a big shout-out to market fans of horse racing. Hey, Mark, how are you? (laughs) Goodbye, and thank you all for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Just a little reminder, if you'd like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, and a new one will be released shortly, please email Larry Simpson at theponies247experience at gmail.com. And don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign, Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma. For more information on this, please go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca slash ponies, and donate to this very worthy cause. Stay with 105.9 The Region all weekend long, and thank you so much for listening. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Ann Romer and Larry Simpson, has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more from the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.